Welcome to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here alongside my great mate, Jeff Tate. Jeff, I don't know if today was just a bad slate of football, or maybe it was better than we thought, but maybe I'm just a stupid college football fan, because I I enjoyed it, even though it wasn't a perfect slate. Either it was better than we thought, or I'm a stupid college football fan. What do you think about it? Well... For someone that was at a just horrible football game, it was a tough day on the college football slate, but following along on my phone with a lot of the games happening today, I just think it was actually an underrated slate that showed us a lot about, I think, just the college football season as a whole. Like, there's not a clear-cut favorite. Like, I, I can definitively say that now that Georgia has played a real football team. There, there's no favorite. Like, there is not the number one team that you can just tell me is the best team in college football. I mean, you see a lot of the top teams struggling, and I think there is the most parity in college football I have seen in a long time, I think is right now, Cole. And a weekend like this, perfect example. We're going to get into a lot of these games, and some of these games are still happening. We're recording this Saturday, September 16th. Uh, just past 11 o'clock on the East Coast. And Colorado, Colorado State are involved in a really good game. And if this game has a lot more talking points to it, we're going to kind of throw in a little nuggets on this game while we record as it happens live. But if it has any uh, thing that Cole and I want to talk about, we will um, add in a little segment to this podcast at the end for you guys. But no, Cole, I think it's just like, the overwhelming thing is just parity in college football. And a lot of conference games have not started, but most conferences, we kind of hit the full-time conference slate um, next week. Uh, you have a few big non-conference games that are still next week. But yeah, I think parity is the number one thing I am thinking about after watching today's football game. Yeah, I was ready to, after watching Georgia today, I was ready to be like, yep, Michigan, clear-cut favorite. And then I watched Michigan play tonight, and they looked horrible. I don't know what happened. There was a lot of weird plays that were happening. I'm just going to just do my quick little snippet on Michigan since we're talking about this in the name of parody. Michigan looked gross. JJ threw three interceptions, looked bad. Something was completely out of sync, and I'm hoping this was just a wasn't ready for the game wake-up call. They still won by a lot, but it was, it was a gross game for Michigan. That's all I'm going to say about them tonight, but you're right. There is no favorite in the big and in, in in the in college football and that's going to make it really fun down the stretch and as we go into college uh in the conference play because nobody knows we you have to watch the games to figure out who we think is going to do this because texas looks like crap right now it's we'll see this is this is fun this is fun yeah and it's like it's just funny you look at a lot of people obviously overreact to a lot of things in college football early but it's like you look two weeks ago And Ohio State, Kyle McCord's first game, we'll get into this game in a little bit, but Ohio State looks horrible, like just absolutely terrible. And then today they put up 63 points against a team that is not that bad, that played USF. You look, you can go in the down the rabbit hole in results, but USF lost to Western Kentucky by a lot, and then USF just lost by 14 to Alabama. So it's like you have all these crazy results, and Ohio State looked really good this week. And so it's, but every team is not, no one has played their first three weeks of this year and looked great. Like Florida State 
we're gonna get into this game too. We, you and I both, like, have been pretty fully in on Florida State since they played LSU, and then today they go on the road against probably one of the worst Power Five teams in college football and have to survive at the end. And it's like parody. That's that's exactly what it is. So Cole, let's start in the ACC, okay? We'll get to that Florida State game quick, real quick, right, real quick. What? I just I need to say this. This is how I started last week's show. Are you more coming to my side? Alabama is dead. Jalen Milrow is not even close to Heisman. Can you? Can you? Are you? Are you scooching a little closer towards my side? Because that was gross. I'll scooch closer to your side on the Jalen Milrow not being the Heisman, but he didn't play today, and they looked worse than they have all year. And it's like, well, maybe he should probably just let him be the starting quarterback. He's not winning the Heisman. That one I can throw out, but I I won't write him off in the SEC yet. It's all just. Right. We can get more into it in a little bit. Yeah, just it's Nick Saban. I, to, I had to say that Nick Saban can't can't do it yet. But Cole, let's start in the ACC. We did this last week. It was kind. Of, I thought this was a really good way to do our recap episode, going conference by conference, kind of looking at games. And if it was a blowout game, we don't need to talk about. It, we just skip. So you start us off in the ACC, Cole. Yeah, I'm just gonna start with the one that's going on live right now. Clemson is once again just powering through. Uh, Florida Atlantic, they, this looked like a more clean game throughout for them. So ACC is looking even more wide open, setting them up for a huge game next week against Florida State. 48-7, to seven, Clemson's currently leading with seven minutes to go in that game. So they're going to win that one. Ole Miss beat Georgia Tech 48-23. Um, and honestly, this game was a lot closer than the score says. Uh, Georgia Tech missed a lot of field goals. They were within the 15-yard line a lot against them, and they were not able to come up with points on a lot of drives. Ole Miss looked very vulnerable against a Georgia Tech team that's better than I think we projected them, but they're still not that great of a team, a team that this number 17 team in the country should not struggle with at home. 48-23, Ole Miss wins that game. Anything on that one? No, I think I do think Georgia Tech is better than we probably thought. I do like this Ole Miss team. I think they... I just like watching Ole Miss play, and next week they've got Alabama, so I think that's a really big test for both teams to start their SEC conference. Yeah. Syracuse on the road at Purdue. This game, I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch that much. There was a lot of other games that I cared more about between two, in my opinion, poverty programs. Syracuse is 3-1, and one, or 3-0. and oh. They won this game 35-20 to at Purdue. Purdue is really feeling the loss of Jeff Brown this year, I think, and they're just not that great of a team this year. Yeah, I think Ryan Walters is going to – I think he's going to make it work there, but he's not, it's not right now, and it's going to take um, a few years. They've – They've lost both games at home to Fresno State and Syracuse, which I'm not those I'm not putting those two teams like as like really bad teams that you shouldn't lose uh, at home to, but not a great start losing those two games. Yeah, especially when you were in the Big Ten championship game last year. Um, you shouldn't lose to Fresno State at home. Fresno State is a very good group of five team, but they're still a group of five team and you played them at home. And then Syracuse, they're not the Syracuse of old of the last like when they were beating Clemson or taking them to the wire a lot. They're they're a way worse team, so I do think this is a bad loss at home for them. The backyard brawl, this one just got done. West Virginia at home against Pitt. 
West Virginia win 17-6. This was a very just this this score just says backyard brawl. It was very physical game. It was a fun game to watch, but West Virginia came away with it. This is what I thought would happen, and I know this was one of your plus picks, correct? Yeah, it was uh, one of the few good picks I surprisingly got at the night time in these slates. <laughs> Not a good day of picks for me. Yeah, but it, it was it was still a good fun game. I this this is a game that no matter where these programs are at. It is at the very least entertaining for how much they just hate each other and the physicality. Like I look at this game as pure, good, true college football, just a classic rivalry. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad. It's going to be a physical fun game to watch. Yeah. And I was watching this, obviously this was one of my picks, but I also watched this because Phil Jerkovic, I thought was going to be pretty good based on, uh, he wasn't like great at Boston college, but he, he had enough of a career there that I thought coming to Pitt where, where they've done pretty good with transfer quarterbacks, I thought it would work out. He's horrible, like just terrible. And they, I saw a stat, I think it was, they said there have been 95 plays ran and 75 of them were run plays. So um, like Cole said, physical in the trenches game, but uh, a big win for Neil Brown in a rivalry game. Uh, like Cole said, I think he's probably not the most not the hottest coach on the uh, soon-to-be-fired list anymore. Right. I agree. He, he's done a good job this year so far. And, yeah, and West Virginia is a place that you can win some games at. So good for him. Florida State at Boston College. Now, this is the weird one. This is the anomaly. And I'm going to go as far as to say Florida State got lucky to win this game. Boston College had I think 13 penalties for 180 yards against them and they like stupid penalties and they still only lost this game by two Florida State 31 Boston College 29 Castellanos 305 yards for a touchdown he was the top performer of this game he had an outstanding game and it was it was a really ugly game for Florida State that no one saw coming Boston College is a bad team they're a really bad team they barely beat Holy Cross at home last week and Holy Cross is not as a is a bad FCS team. So good for Boston College to finally so, show some life as a poverty program, but you got to be worried if you're Florida State right now because that's a ugly showing against a bad team and you're lucky to come away with this when Boston College had had 180 yards of penalties against them and a lot of them were at crucial moments. During this game there was a lot of Boston College on third and long making just easy, like not easy plays, but downfield plays for 15, 20, 25 yards and just keeping their drives alive and going down and scoring. Florida State, maybe they, they were either asleep this game or something because this was a very, very bad game for them. And I'm a little worried now if I'm Florida State, but what do you think? I'm not worried because I think it was, I think these are college kids that were looking ahead to what next week means to them. Um, I But it was not a good performance. So I don't, I don't look at that as like a positive, I'd say, for Florida State. But when Keon Coleman doesn't get a catch, there's something there's something weird that happened with that game because Keon Coleman should actually catch the football. Like he's pretty good at football. You saw that week one, but I wouldn't look too much into it. Uh, I think they have the perfect. I mean, no one no one's gonna care about this game if they come out and beat Clemson. Now, at the reverse side of that, if they come out and lose to Clemson this game has a lot more meaning. So I do think I'd be a little concerned if I was Florida State, but I wouldn't worry too much because I do think 
these 18, 19, 20-year-olds may be looking ahead to what next week means. But you should never do that because this is a game that you could have lost, and then that throws all of your plans uh, for the year in jeopardy. The, the thing is, it's not even that it was a game they could have lost. It's a game they should have lost. That is, they, like Boston College had so many stupid penalties. Florida State will, would have lost that game if it weren't for that. Which is crazy to think. Like it never should have even been close. Like even if Boston College had no penalties, Florida State should have killed them. So that's what I'm worried. That it gives me a little worry just because I agree with you. These are college kids. A look ahead spot for sure as they go into Clemson next week. But they almost they they should have lost this game. That's the worry part. It's not that it was close and it should have been. They should have lost it, and that's what worries me. All right, moving on. Minnesota, North Carolina, and it looks like. Drake May has found his target. North Carolina wins 31-13 at home. Pretty much dominates Minnesota the whole game. Drake May finally had a Drake May type game. He still is having a little bit of an interception problem, but he had 414 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and he has found his target in McCollum. 15 receptions, 165 yards, and a touchdown. He was throwing some really pretty balls today, and that is just huge for May, huge for North Carolina. I do think Minnesota is not as good as some people think they are. I don't think they're going to be that great this year, but that is was a dominating performance by North Carolina today. Yeah, not much to say on this. Uh, Drake May has got to take care of the ball when they're playing better football teams because I think he's up to four or five interceptions in the first few games. But big game, 400 passing yards for Drake May. Can't say too much about that. And, and North Carolina is by no means the favorite in this conference, but – there's blood in the water with it in this conference right now, just after the way Florida State performed today and the way Clemson has performed um, and already has a loss to Duke. North Carolina, if they continue to get better, they, they, it wouldn't surprise me if they'd win this. I don't think they will win the conference, but they very well could with where they're at right now. All right, moving on to another sneaky contender. Northwestern went to Duke today. We know what Duke can do. Duke wins 38-14. We know Northwestern is bad. No surprise in this game. Louisville headed to Indiana and it was 21 14 Indiana did cover the spread here I bet on Indiana I think Indiana is a little better than people think this year um, and I think Louisville is a little worse than people think this year this game shook out about how I thought it would uh, Louisville wins 21 14 yeah 21 nothing at halftime for Louisville uh, you know that's my team over eight wins three and oh you can't can't hit the under if you don't lose games so I like that for Louisville oh absolutely I think I think the their win total this year is not a reflecting is not going to reflect how good this team was, I think. But I think it was it was the right pick to pick the over here because they have such a weak schedule. But I don't think their win total will reflect how good they were. All right, moving on. My boys, my team, Wake Forest played at Old Dominion today, and it was on the road, but a little bit of a of, of a scare today. They win this game, twenty seven to twenty four. They didn't look amazing. But you know what? It's Wake Forest. They're not gonna. They're not all gonna be A plus games. They came away with a win. They're three and zero. I'm doing just fine with where they're at right now. But a little bit of a scare. But Old Dominion's a kind of a sneaky team. And at v, uh, what does what does VMI stand for? I think it's Virginia Military Institute. I believe. Nice, nice. VMI at NC State. NC State killed them forty five to seven. Now, Virginia Tech at Rutgers, one of my locks. Rutgers took care of business. It was a little close for a little bit of the game, but Rutgers took over in the fourth quarter, uh, winning this game 35-16. Bethune-Cookman Bethune at Miami, 
This game was over before it started. Miami took over. Tyler Van Dyke looked good. Miami's just rolling into the ACC play. Maryland is at home against Virginia. Another one of my locks this week. Uh, the Big Ten against Virginia schools. And they took care of business. My two wins came from that. And that game was pretty close for most of the game. And I wasn't feeling incredibly confident about it. I think it started out 14-0, and then Maryland went on a 21-0 run, and then really a 42-0 run. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Maryland took care of business at the end. A lot of interceptions late at the end for Virginia that just kept giving Maryland more and more points and helped me cover. And that's another win to my win total for Maryland, so I'm happy with that. Yeah, Maryland's the type of team that just seems to like to start slow. Like last week they get down – I think 10 nothing to Charlotte and then this week get down 14 nothing to Virginia and they just they just turn it on they play Michigan State next week uh, I really hope it's a good week of practice because Maryland has a really good offense and uh, Michigan State struggles with really good offenses especially air raid offenses so so that yeah that I don't know I think Maryland I think Maryland's a little sneaky team I know Cole was really big on them coming into the year but I think they I think they got some potential, especially with Talia in his third year. That that was the most Maryland game I've ever watched. That was just exactly who Maryland is and I didn't learn anything I didn't know about them before. So I'm 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 good with them still. Yeah. And we'll speaking of Maryland, we'll move into the Big Ten. No games are going on currently in the Big Ten. It's all wrapped up. That's what you get when it's your an East Coast conference. Most of your games are done before uh midnight and stuff. So Obviously, Michigan, Bowling Green, 31-6. Not going to mention much here except for the fact that just a weird stat line game from J.J. because J.J.'s looked great this year. Throwing three picks against Bowling Green is a little concerning, I would say, but especially since I only watched the second half and he could have had a fourth on Cornelius Johnson's touchdown. Kind of just threw it up there, bounced around right into Cornelius Johnson's hands. They start Big Ten play next week. Harbaugh's back. Uh, Rutgers looks a lot better than I probably would have anticipated. So that game's going to be interesting. And this also, this game could have been a perfect example of, like I said, they're waiting for Harbaugh to get back. they kind of looking ahead to uh, Rutgers. But then I kind of take a step back because it's a night game, and night games are huge. These guys love to show out in prime time, and to see that it was 7-6, to six, almost going into half, I'd say it's a bit concerning if I was a Michigan fan, but you now are getting into conference play, and this is when it. This is what Michigan was playing for. It was their three-week preseason, um, like I said. Yeah, anything more on that game, Cole, besides I know you kind of gave your thoughts on it early, but you're 3-0, and and hey, 3-0 is 3-0. Yeah, it, I mean, it's not something that inspires confidence in you watching that game if you're a Michigan fan. It was just so weird. JJ is underthrowing balls, overthrowing balls. Like, he did not look sharp at all. No one, no part of this team looked sharp tonight. I'm hoping it's just, uh, you know, they just really look past this game. Like, all right, whatever, another preseason game. We don't care. A lot of weird, a lot of injuries for Bowling Green. Uh, there is a guy who is currently at uh, U of M Hospital right now. We don't know exactly what happened. Looked like a neck injury, so... Obviously, we hope he is uh, doing better, but it was just uh, the whole night just felt off. Weird pooch kicks. Everything felt weird, and Michigan did not play their best game, and it's really a gross game that I don't really ever want to watch again. Yeah, and it's it's been – I don't want to get into too much of it. We'll get into it next week maybe, but it's been some repeat performances here to start the year for Michigan, and I think 
I think we could we'll, – we're going to talk about this next week, but I think there's a lot of expectations there that they have not had, and I think you're kind of seeing them get used to it this year And because uh, they're the favorite in the Big Ten in people's eyes. They're, they're, they're supposed to beat Ohio State this year, and I think you're kind of seeing some of that early in the year. So speaking of Ohio State, they are trending in the best way possible coming in to play Notre Dame. It's what needed to happen, Kyle McCord be named the starter. Um, he looked great today. I watched – I watched a condensed version of the game, four incomplete passes for McCord, uh, over 300 passing yards. But the thing I like the most about this game is the rushing attack was able to run for over 200 yards, um, six and a half yards a carry. That's what you have to see. Ohio State has got to establish the O-line. If they don't do that, then it's going to make McCord's job a lot harder. McCord and Marvin Harrison have a connection. It goes back to high school. The last two games, I think – Harrison has almost 300 receiving yards from McCord. Um, so definitely the concerns I had week one with Ohio State are starting to be addressed. The, the fact of the matter is Ohio State's allowing less than seven points a game right now. And yes, they're not playing world beaters on offense. But to see the trend on the defense, like I said, coming into the year that this team was going to rely on the defense um, they're going to have to show up next week, but I am a lot more confident in this offense three weeks later than I was with them against Indiana. So 63-10, to 10, they finally looked like Ohio State offense, putting up a lot of points. Um, you got anything to say, Cole, on this, or do you want me to move on? I know you kind of mentioned to keep an eye on this game, but obviously it didn't go to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised that Ohio State killed Western Kentucky because it, it's, it's Ohio State against Western Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, I, I – Said to look out for it. It didn't happen. I I, I wasn't saying it was going to happen. I was more saying keep an eye on it. And it was it was a good win for Ohio State. Very something that you've been looking to see from them this whole season. And and if you're an Ohio State fan, it's good to finally see that. If you're me, um, I hate it. So yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Penn State Illinois. This was one of your picks of the week. I liked it. I thought 14 and a half was a good number for Illinois. I picked Illinois over uh, for the win total this season. Luke Altmaier just isn't getting it done. Um, he got benched in the, I think, third quarter. He had four picks in this game. You're just not going to beat Penn State throwing four picks. Uh, it's just you can't turn the ball over and win football games. Uh, Drew Aller, I would say nothing special today. In fact, not very impressed with him. I was able to watch the first half of this game. He was below 50% completion percentage. They're just going to rely on Katron Allen and Nick Singleton. They didn't even have that great of stats, but... They had such great field position with all the turnovers for Illinois. So, I don't know. I'm kind of a mixed bag, I think, on Penn State. But Illinois, oof, I might be out on them. I might have to overreact after three weeks to that pick. But who knows? Maybe they'll get hot and play some play some of the weaker opponents in the Big Ten and make up some ground. Yeah, they, they did not look good at all. The, you can't throw four interceptions. Luke Altmaier just doesn't seem like the guy, at least yet. For them, Drew Aller didn't even do much this game. Their running, their rush attack was pretty good, but really the main thing was that the main thing was the interceptions that really kept them out of the game. And and honestly, you don't throw those interceptions. That's a very close game, and they at least cover if you maybe take away one or two of those interceptions. So, yeah, I, I'm not high on Illinois at all. And honestly, I wish I my bet hit, but I like seeing Illinois suffer. I don't like them so. I'm fine with that. So next one, sad day in East Lansing. I was there. It was by far the worst sporting event I think I've ever had to sit through. 
Now I could have left whenever I wanted, but I'm not the type to just leave in the first half when I knew a game was a lost cause. I, I stick it out because when they turn the program around, uh, whenever that may be, I want to say that I was in the stadium for those horrible, horrible football games. Uh, Washington came into East Lansing, dominated them 41-7. Uh, there's no secret that a lot is going on at Michigan State. None of that had to do with the result today. Washington was a way better football team and is a better football team. It was it was it was tough to be there and you a lot of fans were booing and I'm not a fan of that because I don't think the players should be held accountable for a lot of stuff that I think is coaching stuff. So, uh, not a good game for Michigan State. Uh, tough loss, but Two and one, Big Ten play starts, so it's, it's a new season. That's what Harlan Barnett said after the game. Yeah, Washington just looked like Washington today, and there was there was some talk even on this podcast that Michigan State could make it close, and Washington just took care of business like they continue to do this year, um, and they are dead sprint heading into conference play, and Washington is is looking really good, and Penix looks great, everything their receiving core is so good, Roma Dunze is so good, so. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch them for the rest of the year, and that's a that's a team that that could make a run at it. So yeah, that's an elite offense. Uh, I've I've been fortunate to watch Ohio State um, play a lot live, and they are they are as close to like a really really elite Ohio State team I have seen in terms of how fast they move the ball and how quick they get down the field. Very impressive to watch. And so I am done picking Michigan State on the podcast. You will uh, not see me make a Michigan State pick on A-plus picks of the week. I, I'm i one and one in it, so we're just going to end it no more. So another pick in A-plus picks of the week for me that lost. And you know what? I'm I'm not mad at this one at all. It was Iowa, Western Michigan. I uh, had the under in this game. Iowa decided to score, score a lot, 41 points. I was hoping they would shut out Western Michigan, and then this pick would work, but it did not work. Cole, anything on this game? I mean, I don't really have much else. <laughs> We're back on track for 25. That's a big comeback there. We're getting that average up. So very, very good for, for Brian Ferentz and Iowa's offense. So good for them. Good for them, yeah. let's We'll give them a little props because you're right. They needed to make it up. Next game, Wisconsin, Georgia Southern. Uh, Wisconsin wins by three scores. Kind of interesting. Georgia Southern uh, almost threw for 400 yards against a pretty good Luke Fickle defense. So Mixed bags, I would say, if you're a Wisconsin fan, but uh, I think they're, I think they're, they got their guy long term there in Madison. Next game, I got Nebraska, Northern Illinois. Uh, Nebraska finally gets the first win in the Matt Rule era, 35 to 11, at home against uh, Northern Illinois, and our guy Jeff Sims did not start the game, so they made their move. He's got a Heinrich. Herberg, he uh, was a starting quarterback for Nebraska today. They got it done. First win under Matt Rule. Anything, Cole? No, he he looked better. Yeah, that seemed like the right pick there. So, and obviously they weren't playing a great team, but good for Nebraska. We'll keep an eye on on that situation. Maybe that'll turn them around a little bit. Hopefully, because I think if Nebraska can get back to being relevant, I think that only helps Big Ten football, especially when we go into this expanded age. So Cole, start us off in the uh, Big 12. We have uh, a few games going on, or one just went final. So we have two games going on, or one game, shoot, two games literally just went final right when I asked you to start us off. So Kansas and Nevada. Yeah, uh, Kansas is, is it's 10-3 to 3 right now, seven minutes to go in the first half. 
Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. It doesn't really matter that much, the outcome of that game, even if Kansas loses. It would be surprising, but I think Kansas will be fine. TCU beat Houston tonight, 36-13. I actually hammered this. I wish I'd put this in my A-plus picks of the week over this Arkansas game because I hammered this. I think TCU is better than people think, and I think Houston's worse than people think. TCU beats Houston 36-13, starting out 1-0 in Big 12 play and 0-1 in Big 12 play for Houston. Wyoming versus Texas. This looked a lot like that Texas Rice game. Um, Wyoming's not a bad team. I mean, they beat Texas Tech. They've had some good wins this year. Obviously, a, a big high last week for Texas, but Texas ended up getting the job done 31-10, literally exactly like that uh, Rice-Texas game. And Rice isn't a bad team either, but, you know, Texas proved himself last week, so we'll just move on. Or maybe maybe Alabama is really bad, so who knows. Kansas State at Missouri. This was a good game. This is a really good game to watch. But Missouri, their their crowd kind of showed out today. It was Missouri wins this game 30 to 27 on a booming 61-yard kick. Sets a SEC record to end the game. And Kansas State is not the Kansas State of 2022. This is a new season. Um, and I don't think they have exactly what they had last year but also this isn't conference play yet so that's when it really matters for them but Missouri a much needed win and out of conference play for the SEC yeah this was a game that I kind of was close to picking Uh, I would have picked Kansas State in this one the line moved a ton it was six and a half when it opened I think it ended at three and a half so I think a lot of the public was really high on Kansas or on Missouri and I watched that ending and I was like wow 61 yard field goal in the rain after making a mistake they were it would have been a 56 yarder and then they got a delay a game pushed it back to 61 he made the kick and that's a heck of a way to win a football game Baylor 30 Long Island University 7 who cares moving on Ohio beats Iowa State 10 to 7 in a game that only their mother could love. That was gross. UCF beats Villanova 48-14. They did what they were supposed to do. Tough not having Plumlee in tonight, but this is a game that they can do without him, and we'll see how they can move on going forward. Miami of Ohio beat Cincinnati. That's the Cincinnati that I was expecting to see this year. Miami's not a bad team, but uh, Cincinnati should be better than that, especially after what we saw against Pitt. Uh, Miami took care of business, and yeah, you better believe. I know I swore off betting against Cincinnati, but you better believe I sprinkled a little money on that one. South Alabama destroys Oklahoma State. South Alabama is not as bad. People don't know a lot about them, but they are a sneaky good team. So I'm not super surprised with this outcome, but Oklahoma State looks really bad. They don't have a quarterback and clearly they don't have much of a defense either. But South Alabama, they're a really good group of five teams. So I'm not super surprised with this outcome, but I'm surprised at how big the margin was. Yeah, and the it's Oklahoma State's a hard place to go in and win. And when I saw the scoreline, I just said, there's clearly something not right in Stillwater because Coach Gundy does not let that type of result happen, especially to a group of five team. And, yeah, South Alabama's a good group of five opponent, but you can't lose 33-7 on your home field. Yeah, that's bad. That's That's embarrassing if you're Oklahoma State. Tarleton State at Texas Tech. Texas Tech, congratulations. You got your first one of the year, 41-2-3. BYU at Arkansas, one of my picks of the week. Bad pick. Uh, Arkansas, I was feeling good about them early. They look good, and BYU, just those those 37-year-old men did what they do, came around and, 
and just won the game in the long run, 38-31. Good job, BYU. Heading in, 3-0. and Two of the Big 12, they are 1-0 and uh, on the road. So that's a good sign for them. They look good. That's a big win on the road in the SEC. SEC is, is not doing great out of conference play. Uh, you, you can't lose a game, I think, to BYU at home. That's not good. So we're that's that's just that's the name of it for the SEC this year. The out of conference games are not good, but you know, good good for BYU to get it done. But kind of mad at them for ruining my pick. So yeah, and uh, Caden Slovis. I mean, he's been all over USC to Pitt. Now he's at BYU. He's he's not thirty seven probably, but he's definitely approaching the mid twenties. And I mean, they look they look like they could maybe sneak up on some teams I'd say in the Big 12 because yeah Arkansas is probably a middle of the road SEC team and they they went in there to tough environment won the game and you just gotta give them a lot of credit Oklahoma we missed one game Cole Oklahoma Tulsa Oklahoma is looking really good uh they we kind of talked about them early as a team we didn't know I was probably a little more high on them than you were when we did our Big 12 uh, preview episode but they've dominated except the SMU game last week was a little rough but Dylan Gabriel I mean today over throwing for over 400 yards five touchdowns they are going to that Texas game when they play and I think that's in October sometime that game is going to be electric you're definitely going to need a plus performance from Texas to win that game and I picked their over at nine and a half wins so I'm I've been following Oklahoma a lot, and they are playing a lot better defense, which is not exactly surprising with Brent Venables. All in all, I think it's, I don't know, I, I am kind of waking up, I would say, on Oklahoma, and I think the, I think the national uh, media needs to, too, because I think that team is really good, and they have a lot of talent on their roster. So I'm going to go into the SEC, Cole. Start us off with a game that I thought could definitely be an upset. It was 14-3 at halftime. South Carolina goes on the road to Georgia, but they lose by 10. Up 11 at halftime. Kind of, I think, Georgia, Kirby Smart woke up at halftime. Kirby, in his postgame press conference, was not happy. He said, this team has got to figure out a lot. He said, this is not the team that won back-to-back national championships, so... He probably lit a little fire under his team there, but probably not the greatest way to start your SEC play, but a win is a win in Georgia, I would say, Cole. Yeah, this the Georgia defensive line is not nearly as good this year, and they're not the Georgia defensive line that you would expect. Um, they did what they wanted to in the first half, and their defense, South Carolina's defense was pretty good, but Georgia, this has been a theme for them all year. They start slow, and then they turn it on enough at the end but I mean you can't do that against everyone I don't think South Carolina is that good of a team and you can't start slow against everyone especially if you have national title aspirations so we'll see this is a game that was at home for Georgia too so it'll be very interesting to just keep an eye on eye on this year this is not Georgia of 21 and not Georgia of 22 so we will see what they can do and how Carson Beck can continue to develop. So another historic program that is struggling, not to the degree of Georgia, but Alabama 17 to three on the road against South Florida. I am going to admit did not watch any of this game. I saw a lot of the, the, the box score and I just was like, they just don't know who the quarterback is. I think it should be Jalen Milrow. Uh, obviously I'm a fan of his not to win a Heisman anymore. 
I burned that ticket. That one's out. But I think he gives them the best chance to win football games. I think you got to roll with him because I don't think it's Tyler Buckner. It's definitely not Tyler Buckner, but it's Ty Simpson didn't look that good. So 17 to three at South Florida. Uh, there is nobody in Alabama nation or whatever that is happy with that win. Yeah, I watched this game and it is Alabama looks bad. I think we see this could be a three loss Alabama team, maybe four. Honestly, this is a bad team. They they need to have Jalen Milrow back in at quarterback for the simple reason of they can't block anyone. South, South Florida was getting to that line and just getting after the quarterback. Um, that was a really bad game for Alabama. And I have – I'm not – like they, they almost look like maybe they quit after the Texas game. I don't know. Milrow needs to get back in at quarterback so he can run for his life when the offensive line doesn't do anything for him. So – I'm I'm still very much on Alabama is dead. I don't I know their coach is Nick Saban, but I'm watching their game this year. I've seen that I'm watching them play, and this is not the usual Alabama Nick Saban team. I was I was on the train of Alabama's dead before it was cool. They're dead. Good night. I mean, I, I let them to rest last week, so nothing new here. And pick them next week or pick uh, Ole Miss next week on the uh, on the pod for your A plus picks when they. Play Alabama. I just want you to. Just giving you a little bait here. All right. I'll, we'll, we'll see the line when we get there. I'll evaluate the board. I'll make the picks that are best for the people. But, I mean, I, I, if Ole Miss wins that game, am I surprised? Not even a little bit. Fair enough. SEC West is uh, something that I don't know who's going to win. I mean, LSU is probably the favorite. We'll go to that right now. LSU dominates on the road against Mississippi State. Impressive win. Jaden Daniels looks like he's finally getting it together. Uh, good pick, Cole. I'm not not ready to crown them though the favorite in that. I think I looked at the odds and I think Bama. You just said they were the favorite. Well, no, I said the probably favorite, but I think Vegas still has Bama to win the SEC West. So I'm gonna have to say Vegas is the uh, one there. But great win for LSU. That's a big win. Uh, disappointing performance for Mississippi State, to say the least. LSU dominated this whole game from the from the from kickoff. They were there. They were ready to go get after it. And what happened last year, LSU lost the game early to Florida State and continue to get better and get as the season went on and become a dominant team. And this is going to happen this year. They're going to they lost the early one to a good Florida State team and they're just going to develop as the year goes on and be a really good team and win the SEC and be in the playoff. And I'm going to be correct. The team I wanted to challenge Georgia in the SEC East uh, fell flat on their face in Gainesville this weekend. Tennessee loses a game that never really was a game. Uh, They lose 29 to 16. I just don't think Georgia's going to win the SEC East because I don't think there's a team that can compete with them. Uh, I know South Carolina didn't or South Carolina did a really good job competing with them today. But Tennessee was the best bet in that side of the conference. And they, Cole and I were pretty skeptical on them coming into this week, and they looked horrible. Colorado State just scored a touchdown, 21-14. Colorado, this game is they're flying around. They are. So we'll keep an eye on it. Colorado State up 21-14, four minutes to go in the second half. Yeah, so Florida is, I still think Florida is a really, really bad team. Uh, Trevor Etienne did look really good today, though. Really good. Dominated that game. Tennessee is also, if I think Florida's bad, what does that say about Tennessee right now? Joe Milton did not look good. Your little not saying, but just saying could be could come true as, uh, who's who's the guy behind Joe? Nico. 
Long name, long last name. Yeah, I mean, Joe did not look good. They were showing highlights of him at Michigan doing the same thing of throwing interception, overthrowing guys. So, yeah, I think Joe Milton needs to really figure it out, and that Tennessee team really needs to figure it out, but they do not look good. Maybe they were just a one-year wonder last team because if you're losing to Florida that bad, a bad Florida team, then there's trouble in paradise for sure. Texas A&M bounces back from a disappointing, well, not disappointing loss because I think that game against Miami was a game that they definitely could lose. But for the fan base, disappointing loss. They bounce back 47-3 to at home against UL Monroe. Auburn beats up on Samford. Crazy stat line in this game. Peyton Thorne ran for 123 rushing yards with two touchdowns. That is not the Peyton Thorne that I saw at Michigan State. So, uh, Sanford must suck if he's running for over 100 uh, rushing yards in that game. Vanderbilt lost at UNLV 40-37. to I don't have much to say about this game. It's Vanderbilt and it's UNLV and it's a lot of points. So that's, that's about all I think I can say about that. And then the final SEC game, Kentucky dominates Akron 35-3. This might be the best bet to compete against Georgia in the SEC East. Even though they haven't looked great, I think they got a really good quarterback, and you always know that uh, Mike Stoops gets them ready to play on defense. So that's kind of our rundown through the SEC, Cole. All right, yeah, we'll move on to the Pac-12. There's three games going on right now, so I'll just finish with those. I'll start uh, with Weber State at Utah. Utah wins that one 31-7 another week without Cam Rising. They're just scooting along getting through that after a pretty tough early non-conference schedule. So we'll see if we can get Cam Rising back soon. Hawaii went to Oregon, and Oregon just dominated again. Bo Nix, 247 for three touchdowns. Oregon wins that one, 55-210. San Diego State at Oregon State. Oregon State is just quietly handling and dominating teams that aren't bad group of five teams. They're they're pretty good upper-tier group of five teams, and he's doing – Oregon State's doing a really good job, and they are just cruising along, cruising to three and zero. They won that one twenty six to nine. Northern Colorado at Washington State. If you like points, Washington State wins this one sixty four twenty one, and they are also cruising the number twenty three ranked Washington State Cougars. So good for them. The the one of the only Pac twelve teams, true Pac twelve teams left. UCLA cruises by North Carolina Central fifty nine to seven. Dante Moore continues to look good, and uh, that's the first, I would say, really impressive game I've seen. Like I've, UCLA, it seems like they're r- literally treating it like a preseason when they play these other teams and just sleepwalking through games and throwing their whole roster out there early in the game. I think Chip Kelly forgets that he's not in the NFL anymore, but it seems to be working for him. They did a good job today, 59-7. Idaho traveled to California. Cal, this looked, they were losing at halftime. They did not look great, especially considering how well they started the year. Uh, but they came around, won this game 31-17. And then, no surprise, Stanford is not good. Sacramento State goes into Stanford, wins this one 30-23. I mean, the way Stanford played last week was, was gross. They were down 49-0 at halftime. Stanford's not a good team, and... You know what? Welcome to the ACC Stanford because their conference is getting worse when they add that team. So the games that are going on right yeah, now. Yeah, that's not – no, sorry. I That's not a – like, <laughs> that's a that's a horrible loss. Like, you lose, you lose at home to a non-FBS team. Like, that is just brutal. I did want to say one thing. Oregon, 
Colorado next week. We're going to get to Cole's going to lead us into the Colorado game that's happening right now, but I think Oregon's going to make a big statement there next week. Let's just say that. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's it it looks pretty likely. UTEP is currently playing Arizona right now. Uh, I bet on Arizona minus 18 and a half. They're well on their way. And it's 7-0 with 12 minutes to go in the first half. Fresno State, when in doubt, bet against Arizona State. They are currently up 16-0 with five minutes to go in the sec- in the first half. And, yeah, Fresno State is chilling. Yeah, and I need this one. I need this one to get me to 500 on the week. If I get this one and Fresno State covers three points I will uh, tie Cole for the week and I need that because the first two games were I was at the one and obviously it was Michigan State plus 16 and a half and that was just a dagger to the heart but I need this one it's looking okay it looks like Fresno's on a drive maybe go up 23 nothing before half and I'd probably be feeling pretty good about that one yeah that's a bad Arizona State team and I mean, you like when in doubt, that's that's kind of my rule this year. When in doubt, bet against Arizona State. Now, the game that is turning into a very good game, Colorado State has the ball back. They are driving with a minute 40 left in the first half, and they're up 21 to 14 right now. This game is very fast paced, fun to watch. These teams hate each other. I know Dion, he po- they're posting the video saying they messed around and they made it personal, and they got all these stars here all the celebrities are at this game and Colorado State I think Dion made it personal for them I know they started it but this got elevated for them for them as well and it's personal to them the stakes are very high in this game especially with all the talk that Colorado's done and I think Colorado State came in this game with something to prove to really just stop this train that is coming through that is Colorado right now and this is a fun physical game a lot of emotion a lot of tension this could be the game of the day. This is a lot. This could be a lot of points. Very fun to watch. This this is a this is a good game. Yeah, who would have thought Colorado State, Colorado would dominate Week Three of the college football season? But that's just that's kind of where we're at this week. But yeah, they they have to do like, in my opinion, you can't lose this game if you're Colorado. There's a lot of game left, but you just can't lose it. I mean, you are talking a lot you are the face right now of college football your program you have every single game day show is going to Colorado I mean shoot I think big noon kickoff has been there all three weeks or at their games all three weeks that's just is crazy to me I just don't get that I understand all the hype around them but this would be quite the uh this would be quite the way to kind of shut down that hype if you lose to your in-state not even, I mean, yeah, they're, you're an in-state rival that's in a much worse conference than you are. You just can't do that. But it sure looks like they're going to give Colorado a really good game based on how it is. And going into half with possibly a two-score lead would would do that trick, Cole. Yeah, Colorado's flying around. They just threw a deep ball. It got negated due to penalty. Uh, where their receiver went up between both safeties and just snatched that ball and... They're they're they've come to play. They're throwing another deep one right now. Yeah, this is this is a fun game. I hope you all are really getting to watch this and enjoy it. At least the first half has been great. And I don't I don't know. I I prefer Colorado to win just to keep that the hype train going into Oregon next week and keep it the the tension really high and, and the hype really high for that one. But also 
good for Colorado State to coming out and throwing some punches and getting after it. Yeah, some literal punches. Like not just I'm just, yeah. no, there hasn't been they haven't thrown any punches, but there's definitely been some dirty shots and this game at the end, regardless of who wins, is going to have a very interesting uh midfield handshake between Deion Sanders and Colorado State's coach. Did you did you see the end of that Tennessee Florida game? Did you were you watching at that time? Yeah, when Graham Mertz got popped, and then the one the, the big old linemen were trying to like scrap with the D linemen. I was they like, they were boxing. I was like, what are you guys doing? I was well, like, who knows? The way that started was Josh Heupel did not stop the clock at all. Didn't try to call any timeouts until they finally until they need the ball or ran the ball. Six seconds left, and then he calls a timeout. And they're down by what? What, they, what was the final score of that game? They lost twenty nine to sixteen. Yeah, so twenty nine to sixteen. He doesn't t- try to set the clock at all. Florida has the ball. They run the ball. Six seconds left. The clock's gonna roll out. Florida's taking their headset off, and he calls a timeout for no reason to make Florida run another play. So Florida, they snap the ball. They backpedal. They take a knee, and then as they take the knee, a Tennessee defensive lineman just goes and pops Graham Mertz. That was a bad showing from Tennessee. That's that was. That's not what you want to see. That's horrible sportsmanship. That's breaking a lot of unwritten rules. And they, Florida was there was there was some fists thrown, some fights, and Florida was waving them off the field. And I, as much as I don't like Florida this year, I loved seeing them wave Tennessee off the field after what they did. And Josh Heupel's a, a petty guy, and yeah, he he lost some some points for me. I don't I don't want him leading my program. But yeah, that's that was. I mean, it was entertaining at the very least. So thank you, Josh Heupel, for that entertainment. Yeah, and Billy Napier got a much-needed win, albeit I don't, I'm with you. I don't think they're that good of a football team. But much-needed win whenever you beat uh, Tennessee. I think I read a stat that Tennessee hadn't won a game there in, geez, it might have been 30 or 40 years. Like, they just they can't win in the swamp, and that trend continues. So, Cole, it was a crazy day of college football. We might have some chaos still ensuing. But all in all, any final thoughts? I mean, if you're a college football fan, these are the days that you love. It was a great day, and it was this was a day that had potential to be a really boring college football day, and, and it wasn't. This was a fun day, college football, and uh, it's not over yet. Let's see what happens with, the, with this Colorado-Colorado State game. Yeah, and as always, uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. We have two episodes dropping this week, so this will obviously be out uh, Monday or Tuesday, and then we'll have our week four preview episode, and that is going to be a crazy episode. There are so many good games. The headliner is Ohio State and Notre Dame, but there are so many, so many other games that are highly ranked teams. Uh, You got conference play starting, so definitely the time to be tuning into the podcast. Please like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. And just keep telling people about the podcast. That's the best way for us to grow. If you guys can help talk to people, share feedback, let them know what type of a podcast this is, we greatly appreciate that. And we'll see you next week on A Degree in Sports.